Like many aspects of life, the cancer journey has many twists and turns from diagnosis to treatment. Sometimes things don't go exactly as we had planned. Today, we're going to talk with my mom about maybe a, a twist or turn that happened between our last conversation of diagnosis to where she sits now with her treatment. After 25 years in the Air Force, Rich was a fighter pilot, we left the Department of Defense behind and decided to start a farm to grow the best food that we can. And in that journey, we've started a podcast, and this is it. Welcome to the Duster Mud Podcast, episode 43. In today's episode, we're going to have another chat with my mom and um, give her the opportunity to talk a bit about what has transpired since we chatted last. So, Mom... Welcome back to the podcast room. Welcome back. For those of you who missed the last podcast, just a a quick review, if you would, please. Okay. um, Where where you are, what's going on with with your life right now? Mm -hmm. Okay. So just quick review uh, from uh, screening mammogram in November to 3D uh, mammogram and uh, ultrasounds and needle biopsy in January to MRI very recently, February the 13th, Mm -hmm. followed up by the most recent thing, which was the uh, appointment with my breast cancer surgeon on the 20th. Okay. So the the last time we chatted, you had not had the MRI yet. Correct. So it was... um, it was we discussed your diagnosis, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was invasive lobular carcinoma, Correct. ILC, mm-hmm. and we had discussed briefly. I think that it, it was a single small um, mass that was mm-hmm. found that they mm-hmm. did a needle biopsy on, yes, and then did not like the results, and that's where the diagnosis came from. And then from that, we needed to follow up with an MRI. Yes. Um, I, I, I know that you, there are some things that you wanted to talk about. There's, there's one thing that's been bothering me though, and I, mm-hmm. I want to get your, I don't know, um, thoughts or take or um, feelings maybe. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, a push pull in the um, diagnostics mm-hmm. field. And that that's really centers around what is what is the best for the majority of people mm-hmm. versus individual and individual treatment. And with your case specifically, I feel like that those those things really uh, clash or mm-hmm. come come to a head, if you mm-hmm. will. In this case, we see it. I think um, very, very visibly where you have a type of cancer that 10% uh, of people that are diagnosed with breast cancer have this type of cancer, Mm -hmm. but yet it doesn't show well on the um, Mm pre-cancer screenings. Correct. So as I was looking at this, We've got almost 290,000 new cases of breast cancer annually, which means that there are almost 29,000 people Mm -hmm. 
who are potentially going undiagnosed yes. based on the screenings that are mm -hmm. best for the majority of people. Right. So as I'm trying to wrap my brain around my mom and, and cancer, I'm, I'm not being able to come to a healthy spot mm -hmm. with the, 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 the clash of mm -hmm. individual treatment versus what's best for the population. Right. And, and it, it often revolves around in this particular case, um, you know, the, the finances really of, mm -hmm. of the medical policy and, and it's, it's being, it's being difficult for uh -huh. me. Mm -hmm. So I was, what, what are your thoughts? What are your, you're the one having to deal with it, right? right, right. It's, it's your, your person. Mm -hmm. um, what, what, what are, what are you thinking? Well, to chime in also, I had a mammogram about two weeks ago, got the results back and it said, normal findings, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is excellent. Right. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. there's a 10% chance right. that they just don't see it. Right. Right. So that to me is a little, that's a problem. What are your thoughts? Well, my only, the only thing I can uh, really uh, think of to answer that would be that uh, as you guys probably, if you watched the previous podcast, I, I, an information gatherer. And so I've done a good bit of research and apparently it's in breast cancer years, fairly recent, maybe in the eighties or even nineties, I don't know, recently that they discovered, and I'm sure it's due to better technology and, and being able to have a microscope that sees the cells. They've really only recently discovered that there really are two different types of breast mm. cancer. Okay. okay. And, and perhaps there are more, we don't know. But I'm just saying um, it's a very recent development mm. for them to uh, differentiate between ductal carcinoma and lobular. And um, okay. so therefore you start with that. It's they've, let's say they've researched quote breast cancer for 60 years, but only 20 years ago discovered that, um, at the cellular level, they're two distinctly different things. Mm, right. And so you really have far fewer years of research available to help you be able to even diagnose it. And so I'm hoping and thinking that, you know, as they continue to input information mm -hmm. into the, you know, worldwide data system, uh, that uh, they may be able to come up with something more affordable and more um, available mm -hmm. that can uh, diagnose it at a at an earlier stage. Right, got it. Uh, a lump is, and that's the general, you know, standard of care. You know, examine yourself in yeah. the shower at least yeah. once a month, feeling for lumps, and and the lobular carcinoma forms in a linear fashion and doesn't create. Along? Until it's pretty far along, anything that you would be able to see in the skin or in the uh, shape of the breast mm. or be able to feel. Mm. So that's that would be my only thing is that uh, it's just such a recent discovery that they are two distinctly different types of cancer. Got it. Okay, cool. So 
what what have you learned? You had your MRI, MRI. Mm-hmm. and um, the the last time we talked, I don't remember if we went into the specifics, but we were thinking lumpectomy, a a small, you know, around two centimeter yep. uh, mass. Yes. Okay. Is what? is what we where we were mm-hmm. at the diagnosis mm-hmm. discussion as we move to a treatment discussion now with more information. Where are we? What yes. have we learned? Well, I'm at with um, Dr. Flynn on February 20th, as I said, and uh, she's wonderful. I love her so much. I just am like, okay, this is my girl. We got this. And um, she started out just kind of, you know, reviewing the pathology and and different various things. And so I'm like, you know, because my brain already says we're at 2.2 centimeters. We got this, da, da, da. Well, then she said, moved on to the MRI, the results of the MRI. And she said that there are uh, three tumors that showed up in the MRI. Mm-hmm. And, and due to your research. And my brain, oh, yeah, as a result of my research, my brain went, oh, we know where this is going. Mm-hmm. Because if there's more than one, it, it's just not feasible to do a lumpectomy, right? And the largest one is 10.8 centimeters and then my brain really went, oh, ooh, this is really, really bad. This what is, is that really, in inches? Really. About 4.23, give or take. <laughs> yeah, no, long. inches. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. From, it sounds like near the skin level of around the nipple area back to within a very small one of the reports said two millimeters uh, to within the pectoralis muscle. In other words, just back close mm-hmm. to the muscle. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I knew immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, it's called left total mastectomy with sentinel lymph node biopsy. In That's other words, surgery she's going I to. will have surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's scheduled for March the 4th at St. John Hospital in Tulsa. So if you're thinking of me, that's where I'll be that day. <laughs> I don't know exactly what time yet. They call me. They're supposed to call on Friday the 1st and give me a time. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little, you know, I have to tell y'all like an anecdotal here, but a little story. You know, I'm so like calm and academic and my brain is saying, huh, yep, this is bad. We're fixing up that surgery. And so I was fine. I told her about how I watched the entire breast cancer symposium at the Cleveland Clinic, every speaker, because I like to get information. She was kind of like, okay, you know, a little shocked. But I think she was even more shocked when she started kind of talking specifics about the surgery. And uh, my son's call sign is psycho. And that nut did not fall far from the tree. (laughs) because I went up that tree so fast, I passed every squirrel along the way. And I was like, oh, God, oh, God, you have to, like, you have to knock me out. You have to knock me out. Like, you're going to knock me out, right? Because I am not doing this awake. And she's like, you will be under general anesthesia. And then she said something about a 
nerve block. And I'm like, wait, wait, what are you talking about? Well, it's like a shot, you know, and the, I said, oh, huh, let me tell you something. I will never ever again sign a consent for an epidural and we are not doing that. She's like, it's not an epidural <laughs> and you'll be under anesthesia. And so oh, it, it took me a minute. I came back down out of my tree. I'm like, okay, okay, we're good. Moving right along. <laughs> as, as we were reviewing your your doctor's notes, and, and we noticed that that the note included a comment of PTSD from a previous surgery, we were wondering whether or not that was the doctor's diagnosis or your self-diagnosis. <laughs> I never said that word, but somehow she picked up she on it. She's not even it. a psychiatrist, but I <laughs> laughed when I read that in her notes. I was like, well said. Well said, because I mean, it's like that, y'all. And I, I mean, I can feel it. I know it's happening, but I also cannot make it stop. I just have to go sit in my tree and freak out for a little bit. And then I just, okay, okay, calm back down and quit acting crazy. You're good. <laughs> oh, gosh. But anyway, um, so... So we, we use the big, big words about what the surgery is. It's a complete removal. And then they will check the lymph nodes during the surgery yes. and determine if there are any cancerous cells that have that made the, their way into the lymph nodes yeah. and make a decision real time as to whether or not they will remove those nodes. Well, they remove the, they call them sentinel nodes okay. because, uh, if you look at a picture, apparently your lymphatic system is like amazing. Mm -hmm. Y'all, our bodies are amazing. And apparently that lobule uh, where it started, where the cancer started, the uh, it drains into, it looks like four to six specific lymph nodes. Okay. And I'm not going to go into necessarily the details of how the surgeon... Uh, finds those lymph nodes, mm -hmm. but it has to do with an injection and radioactive dye okay. prior okay. to beginning of surgery and knocking me out. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and they do remove those. Oh, okay. those There's get no, removed. Yes, those okay. are removed. And generally speaking, and I'm sure in this hospital as well, um, they are sent to pathology during surgery. Mm. So they're the able to identify mm -hmm. in real time. The surgeon will know in, <clears throat> in real time. And if they have cancer in them, then they remove, I think it's somewhere around 13, and they call them axillary, A-X-I-L-L-A-R-Y, mm -hmm. nodes. In other words, it's like almost all of the ones under your arm, mm -hmm. into the armpit. Got yep. it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I see. So you made some comments during the last discussion about things that have changed in your life. How is yes. how's that going? Well, as, you can, yeah, you, as you can imagine, I continue to gather information, <laughs> but not about a lumpectomy. This time we're all about a mastectomy. So, you know, I don't know. I, I have a friend that I worked with, and I know she'll watch this and she'll know who I'm talking about. She's like, you're 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 just out there. She said, I watched that. And I said, oh, that is so Linda. And she said, but me, mm -mm, I'm ostrich. It's like she puts her head in the sand. She does not want to know anything. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'd rather know. It's not that I can change anything, but at least I feel like I don't know, 
somehow I feel like I feel better. Yeah. So of course I continue to uh, gather information. Mm. I also continue no estrogen uh, supplements. Um, and I mentioned that to the surgeon and she showed me like she drew a little picture and, you know, the, of the cancer. And then she drew these little like dots all around it. And she said, you know, yours is hormone receptor positive. It is hundred percent estrogen receptor positive. Mm. And she said, so those little estrogens are all just floating around there and you have uh, receptors on those cancer cells that, they use that estrogen to proliferate or mm. grow. Right. So no estrogen. Mm. Continue uh, gathering information. And last time I uh, mentioned or talked a good bit about a, if you want to call it ketogenic lifestyle. In other words, zero sugar, mm-hmm. no sugar. It's that sugar's done, and just really trying to restrict carbohydrates. Um, Certainly as, processed foods. Oh. Good grief, yes. Right. <laughs> you know, it's a meat and a vegetable, you know, hopefully something we purchased here on farm because we know it's good, clean food and, you know, vegetable that if, if it wasn't something I grew last summer, then, you know, something purchased. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, you you can't eliminate every carbohydrate out of your life. Right. But, you know, really restricting oh, yeah. my mm-hmm. carb intake and being very aware of how many, well, I haven't told you guys this before, but I'm sure you will not be surprised that, of course, I had to order ketone strips from Amazon. (laughs) Y'all know I have to have data. (laughs) You know I do. That's great. And so I waited probably like about three weeks in, you Uh know, and... um, and I don't do it like five times a day, like once or twice a day or every couple of days, you know, I, I don't know if you want to say this word, you know, pee on the little strip, oh, yeah. but uh, I'm at about on the, on the chart, you uh-huh. know, it's kind of like testing your swimming pool water, yeah. you know, yeah. and uh, it's at the, like the, I, I won't say dark magenta, it's just like in the, it's right in the middle, it's at 4.0, oh, wow. like on the magenta color scale. And of course I had to, you know, ask Dr. Google what that meant. And it just said moderate. So like, I'm just, I feel like I'm right in the middle. That's really That's good. Great. Yeah. That's great. Because anything like over there past five no, is a little, yeah, you know, too, yeah, much. too, much. too much. Yeah. And uh, so... So it's like you're sitting right where you need to be. It sounds That's like great. I'm sitting right. That's awesome. I will also say that I have lost an entire 2.4 pounds. Seriously? Your dad says, man, this keto diet you're on is really working. I've lost 11 pounds. And I'm like, mm. Mm. <laughs> I could say bad words, but I won't. I'd give you a salute. <laughs> but yeah. like Rich said, it's, it's not for me. I mean, yes. I could certainly stand to lose weight, but that's not the objective. The objective is cancer cells upregulate glucose. Right. And so even if it's one little speck of a receptor on a cancer cell that wants to gobble up glucose as it goes by, I'm saying, um, no. So that's, I am continuing to do that and plan to continue to, Mm -hmm. you know, be be proactive and be aware sure. of the carbs. Sure. So that's yeah. where I'm at. Well, good. Well, your hair looks different. 
<laughs> really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's cute. It yeah, is. It looks yeah. really good. Perky. Yeah. Yes. Well, um, if you watched last time, uh, you might have been able to tell, but it was it was pretty long. It's probably a little hard to tell, you know, on the video. But um, you know, there are so few things in this situation that you have any control over, and it's easy to feel helpless, you know. And it it's very easy to grieve so many different lifestyle changes that are, as I am very well aware of, are going to be coming along. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I said, you know what? I'm not going to allow this to make all the choices for me. I'm, you know, control freak. I'm going to make my own choice about my haircut. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not going to grieve it either. You know, we're going to... Uh, I mean, we know that probably going to spend some time, according to the surgeon, a month, not even being able to take a shower. So we'll have to work with that. I'm going to research like sponge bath, (laughs) but I'll have to do some research. But anyway, you know, you're going to have to lean your head over in the kitchen sink to try to wash your hair. And that was a lot of hair. So I said, you know what? We're cutting it off, you know? And so... um, this morning, we got the whole fam involved, and um, it, you guys will have to see. It was a lot of fun. We had a good time, and we laughed and, you know, enjoyed it. Kind of a, a an aside, so to speak. A few years back, um, I had my hair had grown out. I cut it off, and I uh, was told by a colleague about uh, an organization. It's an really it's an all voluntary organization. It's called Locks of Love. Locks like L O C K S, and uh, their station or their house there in West Palm Beach, Florida. Mm. And um, they, you can donate your hair to them, uh, and they then, however, I don't know how the whole process, but sure. they have wigs made from real human hair for cancer patients. Mm. And so I don't even know why, but 
the other day, it just hit me and I was like, I haven't sent my hair locks of love in years. I'm going to look it up. Yep. They're right there on the Google, you know, phone number, called them up. Lady was just as, just precious, so kind and so supportive. And, you know, I brief overview of the situation and she started with first, let me say that, you know, we are with you on your journey and mm-hmm. we're sorry to hear about it. And, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you just were like, oh, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, we would like to have your hair. And according to their website, you know, they wanted at least 10 inches. And but they said they don't actually use gray hair, but they do. Um, they do send it to a manufacturer. And she said it could be made into like toupees for men and this mm-hmm. and that. And then those people get a discount when they purchase the product. So bottom line is, for me, not only is it, okay, it was my decision and I'm cutting it off and I'm not going to grieve it. And we had fun doing it. And my husband loves it. He calls it my wild and crazy hairdo. <laughs> That's always good. Oh, he loves it. He said good. that just now. He's, oh. I got out of the shower with it and shook it around. He's like, oh, you got your wild and crazy hairdo oh, again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you feel, not you, I just say I, feel, um, I don't know, encouraged or just this positive feeling and feeling like, I'm doing something to help someone else, right. you know? Sure. And so you come away with it. Uh, well, y'all know when after I talked to the lady yesterday, I was like giddy. When I walked <laughs> back in here, I was sure. like, oh, y'all, I can't wait to tell you what right. I just found out. Right. Just to give you some more specific information about locks of love, if you or anyone you know uh, has cho- has chosen to cut your hair off. Uh, it's a great organization. It's all volunteer. Uh, their street address is 234 Southern Boulevard in West Palm Beach, Florida. And uh, their email is volunteer at locksoflove.org. And and like I said, the phones are manned by volunteers and they're, they're wonderful people. And um, you know, it, it's just something you can feel good about. Maybe you're contributing to something that will help other people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, grab every little positive aspect of this that right. you can, or mm-hmm. at least that's how I have to operate. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I won't deny that, you know, I freak out and I go up my tree, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. every yeah. time that, you know, you can anchor yourself to the ground is, is helpful. Mm-hmm. So, that's, yeah, that's that. Okay. I wanted to make sure I say to you guys, because Shelly's coming over uh, for surgery day and, mm-hmm. you know, spend a couple of days and all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I want you guys to know that you have not only my permission, but my encouragement over the next few weeks, anytime you wanted to, you know, to follow up with, you know, people. Cool. Um, cool. Because... I'm new to this format, so you don't seem like it. Y'all, <laughs> y'all, I'm old. Um, but I have so enjoyed your comments that you sent from my previous time. Um, it's just strange to me how I can almost feel like I know you. You know, when someone said, you know, I'm hoping to get out of this world with all my body parts, I thought, oh, you are my sister, spirit, <laughs> sister or brother or whatever. I'm like, oh, I like you. Yes. Um, so, you know, if, if uh, 
you guys want to okay. give an update maybe sure. after surgery, after the pathology report, you know, you're welcome to okay. do that because okay. it'll probably be at least mid-April before I get over here. Oh, right? yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So I wanted to, yeah, that okay. was pretty much it. Okay. That's what I wanted to say. Um, my, my verse that hit me this week, uh -huh. if you will, um, I'll try to get it right this time because I actually wrote it down. <laughs> Isaiah 26, three, and it says the steadfast of mind, you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. Mm. And so steadfast, of course, y'all know, I had to look it up. Old English, stead, just means stand, fast is firm. So because y'all know that I tend toward squirrel up the tree thing, and I have that circular, you know, obsessive thinking. Like I said, I think it through, and then I recycle it and think it all again. So I need it. I need this. I need it like constant reminder, you know, mm. stand firm, you know, the, the stand firmer of in mind, God or the Lord will keep in perfect peace. I need any kind of peace. Uh -huh. I'll take all of I'll it. take any, any peace it. there is. Perfect is great, mm -hmm. but you know, any kind of peace because I trust in him. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. he's got this. You know, it's like I hear him saying, Come down out of the tree. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> and so that's where I'm at. Oh. So Y'all, please comment, mm -hmm. share if if you think it will help someone else, you know. But uh, and pray if you do, and pray, mm -hmm. yeah, pray. March fourth, my doctor is Dr. Lori Flynn. Mm -hmm. um, for me specifically, perfect peace. Get me down out of the tree because that days, hours, and minutes right before they call me back there, it's just like. I'll be vibrating. <laughs> it like makes me sweat just to think about it. So uh, I'm good for comic relief. Oh, well, as we do. I mean, <laughs> we we did that with, you know. All of the things. Papa. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay, ladies. So make sure you're getting your mammograms. Do the best that you can to do your self-checks. And that's how we combat this thing. Even 90% we yeah. can catch. Right. You know, yeah. and hopefully the technology continues to move yes. forward in detecting this specific kind of cancer mm -hmm. as well. We appreciate you guys listening and hanging out with us again. And until next time, bye y'all. Bye y'all. Bye y'all. <laughs>